Welcome to the Uncomplicating Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, and certified integrative nutrition, health, weight loss, and mindfulness coach. I'm passionate about teaching women how to balance being busy and healthy without complicated rules or restrictions. On this podcast, I'll be simplifying weight loss concepts and mindset shifts so that you can be confident in your curves. It won't always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind you of the free weight loss resources that I have on my website, www.eva.fit. Be sure to take a minute to head on over there and grab my free EFT for weight loss video or take my weight loss quiz to help you figure out what steps you need to take to kickstart your weight loss journey. This puts you on my email list and I am always sending my email list exclusive goodies like meal plans, promo codes, tips, and hacks. Lots of good stuff. So head on over to www.eva.fit. Welcome back, my friends. Before I actually start the episode, I just have to share this amazing podcast review that I received this week on Apple Podcasts that literally brought tears to my eyes when my team brought it to my attention. The username is cjosie03. I wish I knew her name so I could shout her out by name, but that is what shows up on Apple Podcasts. She wrote, a true game changer. After years of losing and gaining weight, crash diets, and feeling pretty hopeless, this podcast has honestly changed my life. I love how Eva provides realistic, relatable goals and delivers it all with such an optimistic and genuine way. I continue to learn each episode and I love the actionable steps to take. Seriously amazing. Listening to this podcast is one of the best parts of my week. Thank you, Eva. Oh my gosh. Thank you, my love. I'm feeling goosebumps and stuff right now because I feel so much love and so much gratitude. And as I shared in a recent episode, I've been going through some things. And I think for many of us, you know, when things don't go as planned or you're forced to pivot or you face a big disappointment or several at the same time, like I did, you start to question everything, right? And I've openly shared this. This this is my second podcast. The first one didn't do very well. And I almost didn't launch this one last June because I was really doubting everything. And I was also battling depression and, you know, functional depression, right? Like no one would have really known. The only people that actually knew how sad I was were just like two of my really, really close friends. Um, no one else knew and my family didn't know. I don't really show like my emotions like that around really anyone. I, I'm pretty good at keeping it in and, and putting on the face. But I was struggling and I really doubted whether or not I should start a new podcast, kind of start over, rebrand. And I wasn't sure, honestly, because my first podcast maybe got like 20 downloads a week, you know, and it was just not, it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And, um, and I thought it was because of me and I made it mean a lot of things. Right. And now with uncomplicating weight loss, you know, every Monday I get my stats and every week the downloads increase, we're up to about a thousand downloads per week. So that's a huge jump from 20, <laughs> 20 downloads to a thousand downloads. 
compared to my the very first podcast that I had for almost a year. And, um, you know, almost every week I see my name on the top 100 fitness podcasts on the Apple charts. And that lets me know, you know, hey, people are listening, right? And people are listening from you know, South Africa and Denmark and Australia and, you know, all over the United States. But when I get the alert that I have a new review, it just hits different, you know. And when I read something like this podcast has changed my life, it reminds me of my why. You know, I talk about like your why all the time on the show, right? Like you have to have a compelling why. Otherwise, when things get hard, you'll want to quit. And so this is my why. Um, This is why I do this. Because in my heart, I've always just wanted to help people and encourage them. Because I didn't have that when I was struggling and when I was lost. And I know how that feels. And even if I never meet most of my listeners, and even if we never work together, I just want you to know how grateful I am for every single person that tunes in every week, just knowing that there are people all over the world who are learning something from me, from little old me. It just makes me feel so amazing and so grateful. And I wish I could reach out and hug you, CJOC03. And I wish I knew your name so I wouldn't have to call you that. Because I've definitely been in my feelings and I've definitely been crying a lot, but they haven't been happy tears. So thank you for the review. Thank you for being a loyal listener. And I am here for you. Okay, so (laughs) I wasn't trying to get emotional. I definitely wasn't trying to cry in this microphone, but here we are. So let's talk about emotional eating. So I have a question for you Do you consider yourself? an emotional eater? I always ask this question during my consultation calls and the answers are always quite interesting because one, there are a lot of people who don't really know what it means to be an emotional eater. Hell, I've been an emotional eater since I was like five years old and I didn't know what it was called until I was probably 35 years old. So you're not alone. I've also found that a lot of people also just don't identify as an emotional eater because of what they think emotional eating looks like. And that its most basic definition, emotional eating is eating for any other reason than genuine hunger. We call it using food to satisfy your emotional hunger versus physical hunger. But what if you don't know what emotional hunger even means or looks like? So these are the concepts that I teach and I coach on with my clients. And I find that those that are the most disconnected from themselves are the ones that struggle in the beginning. And I was the same exact way. So the very first step is self-awareness and getting to the root of my next question, which is what are you really hungry for? And at the end of this episode, I'm going to share some journal prompts that are going to help you answer that question. So make sure you have a pen and paper handy. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the six signs that may indicate that you are an emotional eater. And before I even get into that, I just want you to know that it's not your fault if you are an emotional eater. This isn't something to feel ashamed of or guilty about. 
I mean, most of us have been conditioned to eat for reasons other than hunger. I mean, think about it. If you tell your friend you're having a bad day, she might be like, let's go get something to eat. If you tell your friend you're having a good day, she might be like, great, let's go get something to eat. (laughs) If you're my friend, I'm probably going to say let's go get drinks. But that's not what we're talking about today. So we've been conditioned to think that food will make you feel better or that it's supposed to be a reward. Going back to if you played sports and, you know, you won the championship, right? you'd probably go get pizza with the team. If you get good grades, you know, maybe you got to go out and, and get ice cream with your parents or, or, you know, with an older sibling or whatever, right? So this is actually called reward eating. Reward eating is a learned pattern over time. The core issue with reward eating is the fact that most of us were never taught how to be proud of ourselves without attaching food to a celebration. So our brain makes the connection that food is the reward instead of the pride of your accomplishment. So when it becomes a habit and that's the only way you think you can feel good and the only way you think you can feel pride, then that turns into an emotional eating pattern. The second sign that you may be an emotional eater is that you eat when you're bored. And this includes mindless snacking. Bored snacking is actually a really big one. And it doesn't always compute as emotional eating for some because there is this misconception that emotional eating means you're eating because you're sad. It really encompasses every emotion, though. And bored is an emotion. So if you find that you're eating to solve for your boredom, you're not actually solving your real problem. A lot of times there's something going on underneath the boredom. Eating prevents you from getting to the root of what you're thinking about yourself, about your life, about your situation. And then you're not changing it because you're eating over it, essentially. So if you ask yourself, why am I bored? And then see if there's something that you're avoiding with that question. I've noticed that people that fall into boredom eating often feel unfulfilled or they feel like they should be doing more, but they're choosing not to and choosing boredom and boredom eating instead. So what are you avoiding? Are you scared of trying something new? If you're not actually hungry, what is really going on that's making you want to reach for food? The third sign that you may be an emotional eater is that you're eating past satisfied. So you're eating to full or you're overstuffing yourself. And if you listen to me for a while, you know I teach the hunger scale. And I teach you that if you want to lose weight, start by doing this. Only eat when you're hungry and stop eating when you've had enough. Just that shift alone can make a huge impact on your weight and your weight loss journey. Now, enough and full are not the same on the hunger scale. If you're always eating until you're full, you're very likely eating too much. So you're overeating and overeating is what causes people to be overweight. Sometimes people think that they're supposed to eat everything on their plate to avoid the feeling of being wasteful. But by doing this, you're preventing yourself from ever knowing how much food you really need to be satisfied. If you're overserving and overeating, you won't be able to normalize the amount of food that your body needs for fuel. Your fullness cues will never be able to calibrate. So it's really important as you work on this journey to play around with your portions. 
So what I usually recommend is eating 75% of what you serve yourself and then seeing where you are on the hunger fullness scale before you eat any more food. You might find that you're satisfied at 75%. You might not. But if you just eat everything that's in front of you because you're on autopilot, you're robbing yourself of getting accurate data points. And you know how I feel about data points. I'm going to actually do an episode about how to write your food story. It's part of the whole emotional eating journey that was really impactful for me as I was getting certified in, in emotional eating psychology. But if you've had any trauma around food, it's really important to acknowledge this because this triggers your brain. And by food trauma, I mean if you were, for example, forced by your parents to eat certain foods that you really didn't want to eat or to eat everything on your plate or you couldn't leave the table, like you were literally forced to eat everything on your plate. Or if you didn't have enough food growing up and maybe you didn't know when your next meal would be. These are all food traumas and these all trigger old programming in your brain. So what happens is you have to be aware of these traumas and these triggers and then you have to start to change your thinking. And how you do that is by literally telling yourself that you're okay now, you're safe now. And that's how you'll start to decondition those triggers that go off in your brain around your food trauma from the past. The fourth sign that you're an emotional eater is that you have cravings for certain foods that feel very urgent and are very specific. You know it's not true hunger if an apple or a vegetable won't solve it. If you suddenly want to eat something and you feel like you need it and you want it so bad and the urge feels so urgent for a chocolate glazed donut with sprinkles on it and only that will satisfy you, then you're not physically hungry. That's just a craving. And you have the capacity to override that urge. Episode 37 is all about urges. So you can go back and listen to that one if you haven't. But I want you to think of urges like a fire alarm in your head. Think about it. More often than not, fire alarms are false alarms right? Just because a fire alarm goes off doesn't mean there's an actual fire happening. I used to work in a building and literally like every day, three times a day, the fire alarm would go off and it was so annoying. And it's also frustrating, right? Because like you get like deconditioned to it and then we would all start ignoring it. And I started thinking, I'm like, well, what if it was real? Like we wouldn't know. So say you have a lot of alarms going off in your head and these alarms are just your feelings, right? The alarms are going off because you're stressed, because you're worried, because you're stuck in traffic, because you're running late. So now your brain really wants to help you solve for those alarms. It really wants to just turn them off. And if it's something that's out of your control, it's going to try to convince you that a cookie will make everything better. So you can ask yourself, is this really a fire? Am I really hungry? Or Am I just putting unnecessary pressure on myself and now my primitive brain is trying to offer me comfort in the form of a cookie? Because remember, your primitive brain just wants instant gratification. The fifth sign that you're an emotional eater is you don't want other people to know what you eat. So you hide your food. When we hide our food, it perpetuates our belief that there's something wrong with us and that if people really knew what was going on, then they judge us. So here's a kind of embarrassing story. I used to eat ice cream every night for many, many years. And one day, my dad made a comment about it. 
And it was weird because like my dad and I have a very interesting relationship. We don't talk a lot about things. So it was weird that one day out of nowhere, he made a comment and said that he was watching a show about a person that would sleepwalk and this person would eat in the middle of the night and they wouldn't remember that they ate because they would just go back to sleep. And I actually don't remember what the point of the story was, but I just remember feeling so embarrassed because my dad thought that I was sleepwalking and eating ice cream. Not that I was consciously eating ice cream every night. I was fully awake eating that goddamn ice cream every single night. But the fact that now I felt like, oh my gosh, I've been discovered and he thinks it's something that it's not and it's he actually thought poor thing like he actually thought I had some sort of like (laughs) something's wrong with me when it's like no I just I'm just eating ice cream every night I felt so much just like shame and embarrassment and what that did was it made me start to hide that I was eating ice cream every night and then I would pretend like I wasn't still doing it which really just perpetuated the shame spiral. And it made me want to escape from that emotion of shame with more ice cream. And that leads me to the sixth sign that you may be an emotional eater. You feel guilty after eating. So you may think to yourself, I shouldn't be eating this as you're eating it, which not only probably makes you eat it even more because now there's a disconnect, but then It makes food become way more powerful than it ever needs to be. So now certain foods become forbidden or restricted or an enemy or a friend. And then you start to feel like you can't control yourself around it. And it gets really dramatic. Food isn't good or bad. It's neutral. I once heard one of my mentors say, food doesn't give a fuck about you. And it's true. It doesn't because it's just food. It does not care if you eat it or not. It doesn't have feelings. You have feelings. Food does not have feelings. And its only purpose is fuel. I'll say it once. I'll say it a hundred times. Food is fuel, which means it's neutral. And I know it's hard to break bad eating habits when what's really wrong isn't being resolved. When you feel like you're not good enough, when you feel like you're not where you want to be, you feel unfulfilled when you have insecurities. So that's why it's so important to start to uncover what's really going on underneath your emotional eating, the overeating. Then you can start addressing it and figuring out the path forward. So here are some prompts that you can use to figure out what you're truly hungry for. Number one. What feelings occur in your body prior to engaging in emotional behaviors around food? Number two, are there specific events or experiences that tend to trigger these feelings? And do you notice any patterns? Number three, are there any areas of your life in which you feel anxious, stuck, unfulfilled, ashamed, inadequate, invisible, hopeless, bored, confused, overwhelmed, or out of control? If yes, list them out. Number four, what are some self-sabotaging beliefs that run through your mind when you're being 
most unkind to yourself? And number five, do you feel lonely, unhappy, or unfulfilled in your interpersonal relationships? Why or why not? Are there things you feel you can't express when it comes to your interpersonal relationships? So by taking your time with answering these questions, you'll start to uncover what's really going on underneath the surface that may be leading you to emotional eating instead of feeling, processing, and allowing those emotions without using food as a buffer. Remember, it's a journey. Emotional eating is not something that will be healed overnight. It will take time. It will require you to be patient and compassionate with yourself. And awareness is the first step. That's all for today. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in this week and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. At the end of the day, I want you to feel empowered to know that you can have the health, the body, and the life that you desire. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tag me on Instagram while listening at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you along your journey. I'll talk to you next week.